Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I thought we you know, generated enough chances to win, but um, you know, didn't find a way to, to bury them. Um, I thought yesterday's practice was good. I thought we got up and down the ice good and um, got ourselves ready to go today. Both the Edmonton Oilers and the Pittsburgh Penguins looking to rebound after matinee losses on Sunday. This is the second hour of Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We will tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village, ready and open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations featuring Alberta's own Brent Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Don and his staff will take care of you at Japanese Village. Keep tax on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, Brennan Escott, big part of the show at Brennan with two E's, Escott with two T's. And it's a Tuesday, which means Sportsnet spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Again, live thoroughbred racing taking place. Century Mile at, uh, starts the season Saturday, April 30th, post time, 3.45 p.m. as we re-engage Mr. Spectre on the... Uh, River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. 107 in Edmonton. Paul Coffey coming up at 115 today. Uh, Brian Burke at 135, the president of the Pens. All right, Spec. So I think we both would concede the Oilers. They're deeper up front at forward, right? Sure. Okay. No question. If they're the left side, Bobby, the left side is is completely rebuilt from a year ago. It enables them to put Nugent Hopkins as a third line center. Uh, they're far better up front than they were a year ago. Yep. Justifiable concern on defense, especially given who's not available to them on the farm as well. Yeah, they. I mean, the concern is that you you know everybody would tell you right what do you need in the playoff to make a long playoff run you need 10 guys they don't have 10 guys so yes you know if Slater Cuckoo is a guy that's supposed to be a veteran defenseman that jumps in as your number eight guy let's say and he doesn't appear to be available I don't know what his status is maybe he could still be available I don't know Uh, but that's a guy that you put down there just exactly for what we're talking about and as of this moment he's not even playing hockey yeah, his last games were in the middle of February, so that's over two months ago. Uh, Nima Leinen was waiting for some tests. Um, it was not for a break or for an injury. It was for something else, and uh, I think the hope is they'll get him back. Samarukov, and if, I mean, if they'd have to go to Dmitry Samarukov, that's too far down anyways. The guy we might see here, Spec, as early as Thursday in Edmonton, he's playing in Abbotsford tonight, is Philip Roberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and listen, remember, I mean, yeah, Broberg showed us last time he was here, he's ready to play, so that's good. So, I mean, what do you got? You got, with Nurse Healthy, you got seven guys in Edmonton. So let's go to Bro- Nima Leiden. Let's let's assume he's going to get healthy by the end of round one. If the you know, let's remember the Oilers. If they need ten guys in the first round, they're probably not winning it. So you know, when you go ten deep, it's because you're into the second or third round. So let's say Nima Leiden is going to be your eight. Let's say Broberg's going to be your nine, right? 
Let's yeah, say, I go the uh, other way. I got I got okay. Broberg I got Broberg ahead of Niemelainen right now. Okay, fair enough. Broberg's your eight. Niemelainen's your ninth. Niemelainen's your ninth. Yeah. Okay. Who's your so who's going to be your tenth guy? Right, your tenth guy. I mean, listen, any team that gets to number ten, sometimes his name is a guy like Sam Rukov. I covered that Flames team in who was the guy, Bobby? Was it Evans? Some guy in all four of the Flames. Brandon, had the Brandon Evans game. out of the Kootenai yeah. Ice. Yeah, Brandon didn't Evans. the Golden Bears pass on him? They passed didn't, didn't, on him that spring. Yeah, the, the Golden spring Bears before, didn't they did the not recruit him. <laughs> And he's playing in the playoffs for the Calgary Flames. He would go to the seventh game of the Stanley Cup final. So, you know what? Sam Rukov doesn't look so bad sometimes. <laughs> in full disclosure, what happened is Brennan Evans contacted Rob Dom late uh, during the summer of 03. And Rob's like, I already got my defense. I got eight guys. I don't have a spot for you on the team. And Brennan Evans was a hard-nosed defenseman that was limited offensively. And he ended up signing a minor pro deal. And the Flames ended up signing him to an NHL deal. And he got into two playoff games. I think it was in either the second or third round of the playoffs. But there's a guy that wasn't going to play. Now, Alberta had a, that, that 0304 team ended up going uh well, they were 41-2 and two before the national championship that year. So they had a good team. They had some really good like, – they had, like, multiple 50-point, 60-point WHL defensemen on that team. Different type of league, too. But there you go. There's your illustration. How about the year – the Oilers – I remember you and me sitting at the bar going, if only Buffalo can get past Carolina. Like, if Buffalo gets past Carolina, they got spec, they're down five defensemen. Right. And ultimately, that's what undid Buffalo in that series against Carolina in Game 7 as they ran out of D. So there you go. That's the one concern I have. Or there might be not like, is is Mike Smith going to keep playing at a nine thirty eight average or save percentage spec on a, a beyond an eleven game run? I mean, this is pretty impressive. Look, sure it is. He's you know you need you need luck to take a long run. Let's face it. You know you can have any three or four guys hurt and keep going, but there's one guy if he gets hurt could derail the whole thing, and that's not just the Oilers; it's any team. You know, does does sure. did the L.A. Kings win cups without Jonathan Quick? <laughs> you know, did, can the Oilers win a series without Connor McDavid? No, but they could win without you know any three other guys. So the point is. Mike Smith is, you know, if he plays at this level, he's as good as any goalie in the league. We all know what the bugaboo is on Mike Smith is, right? He's 41 years, 40 years old, and he does get hurt. So that's where luck comes in. He stays healthy. He could be my goalie every day the way he plays, but he's got to stay healthy. Mark, by the time you join me Friday uh, at Rogers Place for your hit, will the Edmonton Oilers have secured second spot in the Pacific Division? I would have to think so. They got three cracks at getting two points here. Um, you know, will it happen tonight? I don't know. That's a good question. But I'll tell you this: San Jose is out of the playoffs, and Vancouver doesn't have Demko. It looks like anymore for the rest of the season. So uh, that's what they're they're suspecting in Vancouver at this moment. So if they need two points when they get home for that two game homestand, they'll get them Bob. This is a second place team. They'll open against L.A. Monday or Tuesday uh, at Rogers. And we'll figure out the rest of the schedule after that. Mark, we'll look forward to talking to you on, fr on Friday. All right. See you at the rink tonight. That's Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Excited live thoroughbred racing. Century Miles, Saturday, April 30th, post time, 345. And we'll tell you, and Uncle Milt will tell you, that... Uh, 
customer told him years ago, a good salesman will sell me one truck, a good service department will keep me coming back. Well, that customer and his family bought more than 50 units from Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. Uh, that same service department is one of the reasons that Brent Ridge just received their 11th President's Award, with, uh, award from uh, for customer satisfaction from Ford. That's the President's Award from Ford, President Ford's Award. If you need maintenance or repairs in your vehicle, call Kevin, Margie, or Mike at one eight seven seven ford That's one eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three. When we come back, the Hall of Famer, Paul Coffey, when we return on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1.15 in Edmonton. All right, earlier today, and you're going to want to hear this conversation. It's a wide-ranging one. We had a chance to catch up with the Hockey Hall of Famer who played for both Edmonton and Pittsburgh, Paul Coffey. Paul, we're back here in Pittsburgh. As a former Oiler and a Penguin, a guy who won cups in both cities, what does it mean to come back to the city for you? That's always nice. Pittsburgh is one of those uh, underappreciated, undervalued cities. It's, it's a great place to play hockey. I mean, I came here in 1988, left probably the uh, the best team in the world, which for sure it was. Came here to Pittsburgh, uh, didn't have any aspirations except excited to play with number 66 and uh, had a good time here. Was lucky enough to win the Stanley Cup and a lot of great, great memories. Uh, and you did you did play with Wayne and you did play with Mario, which gave you uh, an incredible perspective. I mean, you're the second highest scoring defenseman yourself a hall of famer but those guys are different unique but they do have some similarities too don't they yeah a lot of similarities definitely unique definitely uh, elite and uh, you know two of the greatest players that ever played the game without a doubt i mean wayne you know 2800 and some odd points is undisputedly the greatest player that played the game as far as i'm concerned and uh number 66 in my estimation is the most talented guy that ever played the game because that was at a point where a six-foot guy couldn't move couldn't be as graceful didn't have the hands that mario had and uh you know it was incredible to play with the two of them in the primary career and you know luckily for me got a front row seat to watch both of them become not only uh, the players they became but true champions and I think that uh, you know 1987 watching I, I, I know Wayne I've known Wayne for a long time I know Gordie Howe was this guy and Guy Lafleur was this guy and he watched and studied those guys and wanted to be great like them and Mario did the same thing in the 87 Canada Cup a quiet young French Canadian kid that carried a big big stick and amazingly talented and pretty much watched uh, Wayne's every move that whole Canada Cup and I, I know personally how important it was for Mario um, to be a champion and he pretty much took this team here in Pittsburgh on his shoulders won two cups himself and three as an owner and it's uh, he's made this place a very uh, unique place to play hockey we're joined by Hall of Famer Paul Coffey on orders now and Paul we had Kevin Lowe on the show yesterday and we briefly talked about your guys's transition to becoming an elite NHL franchise during the days of the Oilers and he he's, he talked about uh, being a little bit intimidated he used a, 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 a scared you know what against uh, the Canadians back in 81 but for me as a 15 year old kid watching you guys I, that was almost your coming out party during the course of that playoff run and, and maybe I'm underestimating what you did during the 80-81 season um, 
But what would, you know, when you think of playing Guy Lafleur in Montreal in that, you know, best of five series in 81, what do you specifically remember about going into the series and during the course of the series? Well, Bob, it definitely was our coming out party. I mean, we were a, we were a, we were a hockey team that fought for our lives to make the playoffs. I wasn't an Oiler in 1979. I knew they had a great series against Philly, but uh, ended up losing. But I came along in 1980. We had a good hockey club, but not any stretch of imagination, a great hockey club. And we uh, that's when one played 16, two played 15, and so on and so forth. And we uh, we drew the Montreal Canadiens. I remember Glenn Sather coming in the dressing room and telling us, boys, the good news is we're in the playoffs and uh, we're playing Montreal. And we kind of all looked at each other and said, we're going to die. We're going to lose. We are not going to win. The great Guy Lafleur, Larry Robinson and company were just instrumental. But we, uh, we were a confident group. We were led by the game's leading scorer at the time and uh, a great up-and-coming player. Believe it or not, in Wayne, he was still up-and-coming. And, coming and uh, we followed his lead. We went into Montreal, loose as a goose, uh, confident as we always were. And we always knew at that point, if we lost, it was okay. It was going to be part of the experience. But uh, we played well. Um, Andy Moe came up from uh, from Wichita, was an incredible goaltender for us that series. And uh, incredible goaltender his whole career. But it was uh, it was a great learning experience for us. And the you know the great Guy Lafleur who we lost uh, lost last week, uh, 70 years old, way 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 too young, an incredible hockey player and a classy classy individual. And you know I remember at the time that you know Dave Hunter was you know he was to check Lafleur, shadow, which yeah. he did. He checked him into the ground. Guy Point got a little upset. Guy Point got real upset. Big strong guy, but uh, you know Hunts did his thing, and 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 Flower continued to do his thing for years to come, and. It it was just, uh, you know, you look back at those Oiler years and you look back at the Oiler franchise. Yes, we beat the New York Islanders, which is the team we wanted to beat because they were the reigning champs. But we, being the Edmonton Oilers, and I think I can speak on behalf of everybody in the organization, wanted to be like the Montreal Canadiens. Wanted to have great players. Wanted to have Hall of Famers. Wanted to have great players hanging from the rafters and, and win Stanley Cups. And I, I, I truly believe to this day that... There's no other organization in the league that celebrates their wins, their championships, their retired players like Montreal and, of course, like the Edmonton Oilers. So we uh, we looked up to them, we being the Oilers, and, uh, you know, they were that was a big part of my career and our career going forward. Was there a point during the series, because you look at the numbers now, and you're like, well, Wayne went plus 11, and he scored six goals in two of the games. Was there a point during the series where you're like, we're better than these guys? No, no. I no? mean, that's no. No, that's one thing as an athlete. You never think you're better than anybody because as soon as you do, bang, you get bit. bang, you get bit and you get bit hard and you, and, and you lose. And before you know it, uh, you're struggling. I mean, all you got to do is look at the NBA right now and the Philadelphia 76ers up 3 nothing to the Raptors. All of a sudden it's 3-2. There's zero pressure on the Raptors, all the pressure on the 76ers. And, uh, you know, the rest will be history as that series unfolds. But, you know, it's no different than the young Edmonton Oiler team right now who's... Uh, Looks like we're going to play LA. Nothing's etched in stone yet, but I mean, it's it's this team's time. I mean, we we're we're led by the greatest player in the game, and and Leon as well, of course. And we've got a good hockey club now. We've got a team that believes in winning, and uh, it's time. We'll get to the here and now in a second. I just want to circle back to your time in Pittsburgh. You get traded, and we all know how that kind of shook down. But you end up with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, 
and we had a we were having a little bit of fun uh, on the, on the bus ride over, and I was like, well, how the heck did you get a point in the eight nothing victory? People forget you were down two one to Minnesota, ended up roaring back, and uh, you were heavily invested in game five. You had a, you set up the first two goals, as I recall, in game five last series to go up three uh, two, but I didn't realize. You're playing with a significant amount of pain, and maybe can shed some insight on just the illustration of. And lots of guys play through injuries come playoff time, but you were hurting for certain that year in that Stanley Cup final back in '91. Yeah, I mean everybody plays through pain. That's what the Stanley Cup playoffs are all about. But I had uh, I had uh, blocked a shot with my face by accident, of course. Uh, Dimitri Kristic and, and busted my jaw pretty good, and then I uh, I got a bit of a late elbow, and I still can't believe it because he wasn't that kind of player. But by Dale Hunter, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was doing what he did best and, and separated my jaw pretty bad. Went uh, through major surgery, got a plate put in my jaw. Uh, the rest is history, but, I mean, that team really was. I mean, we were led by, of course, number 66, and the big trade with Ronnie Francis and Shell Samuelson. But, you know, Yarmer Yager's first year and him being nurtured by George Herdina, Yuri Herdina, who we got from Calgary, uh, Joey Mullen from Calgary, Brian Trache, but... Uh, that was, you know, 87 was Mario's international coming out party and getting a chance to play with Wayne and the late, great Dale Howarchuk. But watching Mario dominate four playoff series and, uh, you know, the final goal against, uh, or the final series, the goal against Minnesota where he addressed their whole team was uh, just incredible. But that's when you get when you get a guy like Wayne, you get a guy like Mario, and we're going to see it here in Edmonton with Connor. They're going to be great players, but championships are they're what it's all about. And uh, those two wanted it and went out and got it. You've, uh, you know, you spent a lot of time in the GTHL. Uh, it's my theory that, uh, and I'm a proud Western Canadian, but the WHL isn't what it once was because there's 22 teams when it was a 14 or 16 team league. It was a different league. Uh, I think right now the OHL produces the best players. There's 20 teams for 14.4 million people, whereas there's 22 teams in the West for 9 million people. You have that connection to Connor. You've watched him. I mean, we are watching. I think he's the most advanced player that's ever played. Is that an overstatement on my part or are we watching somebody that is truly special? Well, it's hard to believe but it might be an understatement. He is that good. I, I, I spoke at a thing in Toronto last week and was explaining to the crowd that, you know, everybody's a hockey fan and you get to see the Connor McDavid highlight goals, which is all good, but I mean, to watch him play game in and game out, which I've been fortunate enough to do and you see every game and the things he does and how his game continues to grow and his, comp- his compete level and you know we're in Pittsburgh here today and I'm, it's an optional skate which it should be these guys will be ready to play tonight but watching his warm up watching his routine watching him work at his craft every single game is is great and I'm going to tell you what Connor will win the scoring championship for years to come but the thing that burns him is wanting to win a Stanley Cup and I think that's uh, that's a win-win-win for the organization and a win-win-win for the people of Edmonton. You spoke at an event uh, we did a couple weeks ago in Nashville and you talked about what it takes to win and the Oilers right now have three first-round draft choices that are not currently with the NHL team. It's been a long time since the organization can say that. Uh, maybe you can just speak to some of the... Because you're only as good as your worst player. And maybe some of the depth and, and you know, that the Oilers are going to be better positioned in the future because some of the pieces that are being put in place here long-term, and this is going to be... I don't know if you're going to go 16-4-2 all the time in 22-game segments, but are you seeing some things that are maybe different in terms of stylistically the five-on-five play under Jay Woodcroft, but also the other foundational uh, building pieces to the core blocks that are here. 
Well, firstly, you know, you mentioned Jay's name. Jay's done an incredible job not to uh, diminish anybody who was here before, but bringing everybody into the fight. Um, it doesn't matter if you're the 12th forward or, or, of course, 97 or 29. Everybody's important on this team, and that's uh, that's how you win. You win and lose as a team, and we've got that attitude right now, and it's very, very important. And, you know, depth is depth is a, uh, depth is a overused, underused word until you don't have it. And there was, there was years when the Oilers just didn't have it, and now they they have it. Kenny's done a nice job. Uh, everybody in between has done a nice job, and now we got guys that can play. And you can't discount the job that uh, Dave Manson and Jay Woodcroft did, bringing these kids up in the Oilers way, in the Oilers full, playing like they will when they get up here. And now there's uh, now there's depth. I mean, you look at the young Broberg kid as a defenseman, and two or three other one of them down there that will step in here at some point. Um, you know, Holloway's injured right now. Another great uh, player, a first-round pick that's going to step in. But to me, to me, your first-round picks. They, they 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 should they should be they should be good players they should be hockey players but where you really get the depth is later on in the draft and that's where your scouting really comes in and you find those guys because they're out there other teams are finding them so they are out there but uh, things are good in Oilers land right now I think the depth is great I think the future is awesome we got a young coach that has a lot of runway left and uh, wants to continually learn and, and like you said you know I was lucky in in the early 80s um, our best player was our hardest worker and wanted to be a champion and we have the same thing right now in Connor and Leon. Hockey Hall of Famer Paul Coffey in conversation with Bob. It's Brendan Escott here. Quickly into the Oilers Now Prospect Report. It's brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork. Custom cabinetry, luxury closets, exceptional millwork. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com today. Well, uh, Xavier Borgo, he's at 1.66 points per game this season in the queue where he has eight points in his last three games. They're uh, still working on the regular season there as there was a, a long delay. He had a goal and three helpers against Drummondville did Borgo over the weekend. 33 goals, 68 points in 41 games. Ty Tulio held off the score sheet in Oshawa's first two playoff games against uh, Kingston. Both of them losses. Matt Vey Petrov an assist through North Bay's first three opening round games. And Noah Philp did debut for Bakersfield. No points in two games there. No sign of Carter Savoy quite yet and Dylan Holloway working his way back from injury down there as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell back with the president of hockey operations of the Pittsburgh Penguins former recurring guest on Oilers Now Berkey, Brian Burke. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad.